The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We have been delivered, translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your son, the son of your love. We thank you, Father, for all you have done for us already. We thank you for the finished work and for every testimony that we have seen manifested in our lives and even those that we have not seen manifested yet because we believe you and because we believe your word we give you all the praise and all the glory father we bless you and we worship you from the depths of our hearts we invite you to have your way in our midst this morning send your word again to us strengthen those that are weak in their hearts grant us fresh vision and revelation let our ears be opened let our mouths be opened let our hearts be opened not just to receive from you but to flow out everything you want to pass out through us and communicate to our world through us and we say that you touch everyone afresh in this place let nobody return the same way they came in Jesus mighty name we have prayed and we have worshipped and the people of God shouted a louder amen hallelujah can you help me announce to three, four, five people around you and tell them I am in my jubilee. I'm in my jubilee. Hallelujah. I am already in my jubilee. And I will forever be in my jubilee. For the rest of my days. Hallelujah. Christ is our jubilee. Glory, glory be to God. You've got to read the Old Testament and understand the Old Testament and interpret the Old Testament in the light of the New Testament. If you don't, you will get many things mixed up. In fact, I want to deal a lot with that this morning just to build on what we started establishing last week. If you are born again um, for what it's worth let's just read John 10 10 again um, I think I want to read that in the amplified okay help me I don't have my amplified Bible opened put it up for me on the wall the amplified the thief comes but for to steal to kill and to destroy the scripture says all right thank God amplified only in order to steal to kill and destroy and we will continue seeing stealing, killing, and destruction on this side of eternity because the devil is still around. So as long as there is a thief, there will always be stealing, killing, and destroying. But that's not where the story ends. And you need to make sure in your own life that is never where the story ends. Somebody say, that's not where the story ends for me. It doesn't end with stealing. It doesn't end with killing. It doesn't end with destruction. For me. 
for me. Why? Because I have Christ. And that's what Jesus is establishing for us here. I came. I came. Now look, look at the, the way it's constructed there. The devil or the thief comes. The thief there is still coming. But Jesus didn't say, I'm coming or I come. Can you see the construction? For the devil is like his present continuous. Jesus is not coming again. Apart from the second coming where he's coming to wrap everything up. Coming in the light of to save from killing, stealing, killing and destruction. He's not going to come again. It doesn't matter how many people die. It doesn't matter how many people are sick. It doesn't matter how many people are, are, um, are poor. He came once and for all. And that sacrifice is more than enough. No matter how intense the activity of the enemy increases on the face of the earth. And the Bible told us in these last days, there will be intense activity. It said darkness will cover the earth, gross darkness. So, ah, you may hear news that it wasn't like that five years ago. It's worse than it was ten years ago. It's irrelevant. If you are still expecting Jesus to come or to do something else, you will miss it. That will not be your story. It's I came. Somebody say he came. He came. And that coming that he did over 2,000 years ago, it is more than enough. Hallelujah. It is more than enough. It is more than enough to take care of anything that the devil is doing today. Even the new things he seems to be inventing today. I came that they might have, I always like that enjoy part. Can you help me look at your neighbor and ask him, are you enjoying your life? Are you enjoying your life? And like I've always told you, you better know how to enjoy even in the midst of trouble and challenges. How many of you took yourself to go and buy ice cream or to do it like I told you last week? Just simple, simple thing like that. It doesn't mean that your trouble may have disappeared. You better start enjoying your life. He prepares a table for you where? And the enemies will always be present too. In one manner, shape or form on this side of eternity. If you are waiting for everything to become perfect, you will wait forever or a very, very long time. Learn how to sleep and to rest in the midst of a storm. And what should anchor your faith is because Jesus came. And your understanding and belief that what he did over 2,000 years ago is more than enough. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance till it overflows. To the full till it overflows. And that has to be our understanding of our redemption, of our salvation and our jubilee. When we get to heaven, that's where we will not see any work of darkness and any oppression of Satan anymore. But while we are here, the assurance we have, whenever we see anything the devil does, is that what God has done for us in Christ Jesus, the jubilee that we have in Christ is more than enough. Hallelujah. And even if it looks like it's not more than enough in your life now, hold on to the word of God. And keep exercising your faith. 
and keep fighting the fight of faith. Glory be to God. And in a matter of time, you will start seeing that overflow and that abundance. Glory, glory be to God. Hallelujah. So can you shout one more time if you can believe it? I am in my jubilee. I am in my freedom. I am in liberty. All because of Jesus. And the jubilee he has given me is more than enough. Hallelujah. Somebody declare the prosperity that God has given me is more than enough compared to the poverty that the devil brings. I can't hear somebody this morning say the healing and health that Jesus gives me is more than enough compared to the sickness and disease that the enemy has in the world. Say the victory and success that Jesus gives me is more than enough. Let me hear you shout more than enough. Hallelujah. And whatever the enemy can, can throw at you. I love the way it's written in the King James. It's much more. Somebody shout much more. Said where sin abounded. Grace. Where sin abounded. Grace much more abounded. Always much more. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 4. I want to build on something powerful here this morning. Hebrews chapter 4. And this is one of those texts in Paul's writings in the New Testament that again is using an Old Testament phenomenon like what we're talking about here, Jubilee. You won't see the word Jubilee here, but it's still talking about the same. It's talking about redemption. It's talking about freedom. In fact, it uses the word rest in this text. And that is a part of your Jubilee. Entering into the rest that Christ has provided for you. Entering into the freedom that Christ has provided for you. Entering into the victory that Christ has provided for you. And you can now list it specifically to whatever you want to see in your life. The healing, the success, the prosperity, the increase, the abundance, the liberty, the fulfillment, whatever it is you want to call it. And he used that word rest to describe it here. Rest. And that's deliberate. That's deliberate because it was trying to compare it and paint a picture of what God did in Genesis chapter 1, the creation of the world. How God walked for the first six days by speaking his word. The Bible said the earth was upside down without form and void, darkness on the face of the Then God began to speak, let there be, let there be. And God recreated his world through his word. His word, because God had confidence in his word. And on the seventh day, the Bible said God ceased from all his works. And he rested. And from that day forward, God stopped creating or recreating the world. And he now left that to man. Please follow me very carefully before we get into the text. He left that to man. So you will not see air conditioner in Genesis chapter 1. But everything that is needed to make air conditioners, God spoke it in Genesis chapter 1. You will not see airplanes in Genesis chapter 1. You will not see clothes. You will not see microphones. You will not see buildings. You will not see anything that we, the main things that we used to live today. 
But everything that man needed, God already spoke it in Genesis chapter 1. It wasn't when the industrial revolution came, was that 200 or 300 years ago, when man started building machines. All the equipment and the machines and the cars we use today that need oil. It wasn't in, is it 17th or the 18th century? I'm not sure about the exact time of this. That wasn't when God now came, ah, let's give them crude oil. No. God spoke crude oil in Genesis 1. You will not see the text crude oil in that text. But God spoke it into existence. It has always been there. But man discovered it centuries after. So God has been resting in, as it were, his finished work. Somebody say finished work. It's so important you understand how the finished work operates. If you are going to experience and enjoy Jubilee, there is no believer in, in Christ, no true believer in Jesus that does not have Jubilee. But it's possible to be a believer in Jesus and not enjoy Jubilee. Put that John 10 and 5 again, to have and enjoy. Some people have, but they don't enjoy. Some people don't have because they have not yet accepted the Jubilee. And the Jubilee is Christ. The Jubilee is not your 50th birthday anniversary. No. Don't be confused with the types and shadows. Under the Old Testament, yes, 50 years was specifically mentioned. But Jesus came and said, I have come to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That I, and he said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in, in your hearing. That because I am now here, I am the 50th year. You don't have to wait for every 50 years anymore. If you have me, you have Jubilee. It's one thing to have it. And everybody gets it as it were, automatically, the moment you accept Christ. But God doesn't want you to have. He wants you to enjoy. When sickness attacks you because the thief has come to steal, to kill, and destroy, God wants you to enjoy healing and health. And that is Jubilee. When there are economic challenges attacking the world, attacking the nation, and probably even attacking your, your own finances personally, God wants you to enjoy. And if you are going to enjoy it, you need to know you have it. Hallelujah. And if you, the way you are going to be able to understand that you have it, that's what the text, of, the old text of Hebrews chapter 4 is all about. I'm coming to the text, but please let me lay this foundation. You've got to be able to operate like God operated in Genesis chapter 1. Which is what God expected the children of Israel to do in the wilderness. That an entire generation did not do. And God said, they will not enter my rest or they will not enter my jubilee. Not that I don't want them to have it. No. I already provided it for them. But the method of operation, somebody say method of operation. I can't hear you. Say method of operation. If you are going to drive a car, you must understand the method of operation of that car. If you are going to use anything, 
use the AC, there's a method, an MO. You can't be putting water inside your petrol tank and you're going to enjoy that car. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Because that is not its MO. And the same way, if we're going to enjoy the jubilee that we have, we've got to understand the concept. God spoke his word. And God rested. He now told man, begin to function like me. And that requires two things. For man to speak the word or act on the word. And the main thing is to believe the word. That God used to recreate the world. Believe in what God has done. And also rest. Like God rested. God rested. Whatever they need, I've given them already. I've given them. I will not produce, like somebody said, a chair for them. But I've spoken the trees into existence. And the chair is in the tree. But people didn't know that for a very long time. Because the wisdom and the revelation wasn't there. But I've also spoken the wisdom and the revelation to them. Eventually, men got it. Through research, through whatever, someone eventually figured out that inside this tree that has been there since Genesis chapter 1, chair is there, paper is there, all these wonderful things you need, it's all there. Are you following me this morning? So can I declare again, I have jubilee already. I have healing already. I have wealth already. Hallelujah. Hebrews 4. So let's come to the text. Please watch this carefully. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, now, interpret that word promise carefully in the context of this text. It's not promise as in I am going to do it for you. The way we use promise in our everyday language. It is promise as in I have already done it for you. If you follow through with the MO that I've established, you will enter into it. And that's the promise every believer has. That, that's in our own context. Are you following the distinction? God is assuring everyone, if you will believe my word, act on my word, speak my word, stand on my word, and rest. Those are the two major concepts here. Rest as in you are not shaken because the crude oil that God spoke in Genesis chapter 1, um, 1,000 years have gone by and we still don't know there's crude oil. No, the crude oil is there. I want to use that example that we can, it's there. Your healing is there. Stop being restless. Let me tap anybody and say, stop being restless. 
The moment you are restless, please, this is very important, you are no longer in faith. And there are symptoms of restlessness. The main one is unbelief. Hey, we cannot take over the land. We are going to die. There are giants in the land. They are bigger than us. Even though, and understand these people, these are not people that were ignorant of God's promise to them or God's will. They knew what God had told them. And they had to a degree seen how far God will back them up to enter the promised land. They had crossed the Red Sea. They had witnessed the Passover. They had seen God kill the firstborn of all the Egyptians' children. They had seen the ten plagues. They had seen all those miracles. But they had not yet seen this one. The promise of entering into their promised land. And that's what Paul was trying to establish there. That their case is a type and shadow for our case. It wasn't that God was now going to come down again. And kill the Hittites. In fact, God did not even have to come down again to kill Pharaoh. The word God gave Abraham over 400 years ago, that was the word that took out Pharaoh. God didn't have to come down. That's God's word. Once God has spoken the word, he doesn't have, that's how this whole world operates. All God needed to do 400 years after, at the appointed time. Can I hear somebody shout, this is my appointed season of favor. That's another part of our jubilee. Our own appointed time is every day we want the appointed time to be. Can I hear a loud amen? It's a now appointed time. It's not necessarily 2020 or 2025 or 2030. No, it's the day you believe it. Glory be to God. We talked on that briefly in the midweek service. Now is the day of salvation. In fact, let me read that text again because it's so powerful. Second Corinthians chapter 6. It's such a powerful word. I'm in my jubilee. I'm in my jubilee. The truth God told them you will, it's going to be 400 years under the Old Testament concerning the children of Israel and Moses. But again, Christ has flipped the script. Second Corinthians 6 and verse 1. We then as, as workers together with God, with him, we plead with you. That's what I'm doing today. I'm, I'm trying to persuade you, pleading with you. Not fighting you or anything. I'm, I'm, plead, I'm, I'm making a case. Plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. There's a way to receive the grace of God. It's the MO I'm talking about. The way you receive it is you receive it by faith because it's a word. That's all it is. It's a proclamation to proclaim jubilee. That, that's all it does. The same way it said, let there be light. It proclaims. That's how God operates. That's the MO. The way you put petrol inside your car. God proclaims. And then he rests. And he has said every man, you must, look, I'm creating you in my image and after my likeness. You too, you proclaim my word, you believe my, that's how you receive grace. It's not a physical thing that we can hand over to you. It's not a credit alert we can send to your bank account. Hallelujah. It's a word that we can proclaim. 
You proclaim and you rest. Or you receive the word that has been proclaimed and you do what? Some, somebody talk to me. You rest. Don't receive the grace of God in vain. Don't receive jubilee in vain. For God says, in an acceptable time, I have had you. For the children of Israel under the Old Testament, that was 400 years after Moses. You and I today, it's not a matter of 400 years or 50 years. Mm. Look at it. It tells us there. In an acceptable time, I had you. In the day of salvation, I helped you. Behold, 400 years from today is your accepted time. No. Christ has flipped the script. When is accepted time now? It's now. Now is always now. You know the now I said 10 seconds ago. It has now been updated to. And another one has now been updated. Another one has updated. So now is when you believe it. The day you believe it. The hour you believe it. The moment you believe it. And it keeps updating. To the next moment, to the next hour, to the next day, to the next week. Glory be to God. To the next month. Hallelujah. I, I, I taught this several years ago. I was studying Genesis chapter 1 some time back. And God told me that when you read in Genesis chapter 1, that you, and you now read the day and the night was the first day, you better be careful. Don't think that was 24 hours old. And God proved it to me. It wasn't 24 hours. He called it a day, but he didn't say 24 hours. How do we know? Particularly the earlier parts. Because if you study Genesis 1 and 2, when God says, speaking, let there be light. The light that he first spoke was not the sun. Just like it wasn't the electric bulb. I hope you understand it wasn't the electric bulb that was spoken. And I hope you understand the light that we have here is not the sun. But it was included in the light that God spoke. Light is light. Whether it's sunlight or electric light. All in a light. All inclusive. Including x-ray light. Including microscopic light. Light is anything that enables you to see. This light cannot help you see cells. And um, germs. And those things you have to go into a lab. To put on that sunlight cannot help you. Electric light cannot help you. This light cannot help you see. You go to do a medical test, they want to do x-ray. This one cannot see your chest. But there's another kind of light that can help them see through your skin. It's not juju, it's light. <laughs> no be juju. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Remember that MTN advert? We you do with that. His <laughs> his wife in America. They now use 5G to put her shape there. Everybody scattered at first. No, it's light. <laughs> so when God said, "Let there be light," it's any kind of light from sunlight, which eventually came in verses four or five. Perhaps at the earliest time. Maybe that's when 24 hours started recording. Because without the sun, there can never be a 24-hour day. 
at least according to my science, and I may be wrong, but the scientists in the house can help me out. The earth rotates around, I mean, and it spins on its axis and all that. Sun has to be there. So it doesn't have to be 24 hours at that time. Perhaps it's even a kind of light that man has ever known. Because it's most, in fact, it is. It's the kind of light that John chapter 1 recorded. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. There are different kinds of lights. Maybe in the year 2030, somebody is going to discover another kind of light for us. But God spoke it. Somebody say God spoke it. And that, that's the operation of it. And that same pattern of speaking and believing. Can somebody shout believing? It's the same word we are talking about. That's how you receive it. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. It's not a 50-year time frame. It's not a 400-year time frame. It's not a 30-year time frame. It's now. Hallelujah. Glory, glory be to God. Are you still here? Can I hear you shout, I believe now. And the powerful thing about now is it keeps updating itself moment after moment. Keeps updating itself. And I'm telling you, that's how you enjoy Jubilee. Hebrews 4. So there remains this promise of entering his rest. Lest let us fear or let us walk in reverence. This is not fear as in we are afraid that God is going to hurt us, God is going to kill us. I hope your scriptural literacy is um, up to that level. Reverence of God. Respect the things of God. Respect this thing I'm sharing with you this morning. If you don't respect it, you will treat it casually. Ah, it doesn't matter. What was Pastor T saying again? And it doesn't work. You see, a, a lot of emo things were dropped here. It doesn't work when it's not revered, when it's not taken seriously. Look at this. Let us, talking to New Testament people, reverence or fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Come short of it. And the, the inference here is that that generation that came out of Egypt that was supposed to enter into the promised land came short. God had to wait 40 years for every single one of them to die in the wilderness. That wasn't the plan. And then another generation that dared to believe what God said was able to enter and possess For indeed, the gospel was preached to us. That's how we got saved. That's how we got jubilee. The good news 
that Jesus died on the cross for us and proclaimed it is finished. And everyone that believes and accepts that good news received the gospel that was preached. And he now likened what we call gospel to the promise God gave Abraham. It's, it's, it's juxtaposing here. What God told Abraham was gospel. Your children will be in captivity for 400 years. But after that 400 years, at the acceptable time, I will come, I will deliver them, I will take them out of that land of bondage, and I will take them to a land flowing with um, milk and honey that I have prepared for them. He didn't call it gospel to Abraham, but he's saying it's the same thing. Interpret Old Testament in the light of the New Testament. Apostle Paul is doing that here. But, verse 2, the word which they had, it did not profit them. Watch MO again. Why is it that the word that they had did not profit them? And what kind of profit are we talking about here? I want to bring this as close as possible. It's not, again, these were not people, permit me, that were not born again. In a sense, they were born again. So this is not a profiting of they were not saved. They had come out of Egypt. Just like perhaps you are already born again and spirit-filled. The profiting is, is expanding on here. It's the profit of enjoying. Enjoying Jubilee. Enjoying it, enjoying it, enjoying it. And again, that does not mean you may not go through stealing, killing, and destruction. It's part of the process. So whatever challenge you may be going through, you must know that the promise to enjoy what has been preached through the gospel is still available for me today. Hallelujah. I mean, they had seen so many things. But the rest is what they did not profit from. Or the profit they did not experience. And what was the problem? Not being mixed with faith in those who had it. Now I ask myself the question, when did they stop mixing it with faith? Because surely they mixed faith with it when they were in Egypt. Glory be to God. Surely they mixed faith with it when they crossed the Red Sea. In fact, he told us that in Hebrews 11 that it wasn't just because Moses spoke that they crossed the Red Sea. He said they crossed by faith. And I can understand that because I knew there was one rascal that like, hey, if I enter this, this sea, this water will close. I'm not going. I'm not going. Then somebody said, no, let's go. Let's go. I will hold your hand. He still had to take a step of faith. <laughs> when did they stop mixing it with faith? Let me ask you another question. Remember Lazarus and Mary? When did they stop mixing it with faith? Because when Lazarus was sick and almost dead, they sent word to Jesus. Come! Your friend whom you love is almost at death. They were believing. They kept believing. See, now, now, somebody shout now. When did they stop mixing it with faith? They kept believing until Lazarus died. That was when they turned off their faith. Because somehow, somehow, they missed the part of resurrection that is promised in the gospel. And when Jesus came, Jesus said, take me to where you buried him. In other words, take me to where you stopped believing. 
one of the first things God told me to announce somebody today. Take me to where you stop believing. Go with the word of God. Go with the spirit of God. To the, where, when did you stop believing in, in healing? And if you allow the Holy Spirit, it will take you to the spot. When did you stop believing in prosperity? When did you stop believing in success? Take me. They stopped somewhere. They stopped. While in Egypt, they believed. God told them, when he told them to sacrifice the animal, they believed. They, they sacrificed the animal. Today, some people will not take communion. Wait, they, they took communion. They killed the animal. I, I, I love the way God described for them to take over. You, you can take communion anyhow. But God gave them strict details. Wear your sandals. Carry your staff. You are living tonight. They believed. Pharaoh had not, Pharaoh's firstborn had not died. There was no news that the firstborn, God did not even tell them that aspect of the plan. Nobody knew the firstborn of the children of Israel. The part that they got was that taking an animal, slaughter it, put the blood on your post, eat all the meat. And as you are doing that, wear your clothes, wear your sandals, get ready to travel, pack your luggage, including your hand luggage, pack everything, get ready to travel. And they believed. So for a season, they were mixing it with faith. But we know when they stopped. The Bible told us it was when they go. I mean, it is such an awkward space and time to stop believing. I mean, I would have thought, at least I, I think that of myself. If I have ever crossed the Red Sea, which Goliath will frighten me. But I've learned not to judge stories in the Bible. Because me too, I have my own <laughs> contentions of faith that I'm dealing with. That perhaps somebody in the last pastor, you are struggling with 1,000 naira exchange rates or 1,000. Is, is that what you say? <laughs> Don't move too much. They won't have talking about you. Where did you stop believing? I read a report yesterday that the customs people are, are screaming and shouting that ah, people are not buying cars again because of the exchange rates. That there are so many cars in the ports now. Where did you stop? So I don't make fun of them. I've learned that over the years. Hallelujah. Because the simple truth is all of us have our fights of faith. We are fighting. And I want you to know that is normal. That's what the Bible says. Fight the fight of faith. Some of us find it so easy to fight that fight when it comes to healing. But you are struggling to fight that fight when it comes to marital issues. And somebody else, in fact, if God will permit, they will have five husbands or five wives. Because their faith is so sharp. <laughs> Don't move too much. They will <laughs> to believe God for spouse. Uh -uh. It's not the thing we believe. That, I mean. And you will see their marriage. Even if they have challenges, they will fix it. They have, they have, but something else. So they had faith, but they stopped mixing faith with the gospel they had. And look at it here, verse 3, very important. Those who have believed, they enter the rest. That is how you enjoy Jubilee. Honestly, I can stop this message here. That is the crux of it. You believe 
watch, and then you rest, you practice rest. And that's how you enter into the rest. I think I've flogged a lot about the believing part. Let me stress the rest part. That part where after six days you stop walking. And it's a very interesting kind of stop walking. Because you know they've not yet created the AC, you know they've not yet discovered the crude oil, you know they've not yet found the internet. Even the wisdom to make chair out of tree, they've not found it yet, but you, you, you still rest. That, that lesson from God, you still rest. In other words, what I have said, what I have believed, what I have embraced, it hasn't physically manifested yet. But I'm not going to lose my cool. I think for most church-believing people, particularly churches of word of faith, that's where the main challenge is. Help me ask anybody this morning, are you at rest? Are, are you at rest? Are you at rest? Verse 4, let, let, let's go on here. Let, let, let's deal with rest because he talked about it here. Verse 4, for... God spoke in a certain place, Genesis chapter 1 is a certain place, of the seventh day in this way. In this way. And understand that God was speaking this way, not just to complete the creation that he was, or the recreation that he was recreating, it's important to emphasize that, but also to show man a template. This is how you are going to get your own crude oil. This is how you're going to get your chair, your clothes, your AC, and this is how you're going to enjoy your jubilee. It was giving us an MO, a template to follow. If you are still here, shout aloud, hallelujah. hallelujah. He spoke in a certain place on the seventh day in this way, and Pastor T rested. On the seventh day, from all his works, can you quote that verse and put your name inside? And Pastor T rested. Rested. Now, please watch the dynamics here. The issue, look, it's easy to rest when you are inside your house that you've been believing God for. It's easy to rest. And particularly the way we process rest. And the way we process it is part of it. When you, oh, you wanted to get married. Now you, you've, you, you're on your honeymoon. You wanted to have a child. Now you've had the child. You wanted to get a promotion. Now you have the promotion. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hello? It's easy to rest there. But that is not the rest that God was displaying here. This is a rest that Adam has not even tilled the ground. Adam was still sand here. This seventh day, Adam was still sand. Adam was not here walking the garden here. Adam had not even had be fruitful and multiply when God started resting. You read Genesis 1, 2, 3. This is a rest of nothing I have said, nothing I believed has manifested yet, but I believe. Hallelujah. I believe. 
I have confidence in what I've said. This is a rest of, I've not seen my healing yet, but I believe. In their own text, we have not yet fought the giants yet, but I believe. That was the rest they could not display. The rest they could not display was, they got to the promised land, they saw the milk and the honey. Hello? In fact, they brought evidence of the milk and the honey. But the giants they saw, ah, and they were very intimidating giants. And I don't know the intimidating giant you are seeing in your life today. But is he stealing your rest? There were two of the spies that said, hey, what are you people saying? They were at rest. We can take the land. Hallelujah. We can defeat the giants. God, if God backs up, we, we can get it. See, believing the promise to enter the rest. Joshua and Caleb were not rattled. Even though the promise had not yet manifested. In fact, the Bible took time to tell us about Caleb on another level. That 40 years after, Caleb maintained his rest. No manifestation. He had not entered the promise. In fact, he told Joshua, I'm as strong today as I was. He maintained rest. Like God maintained rest. From Genesis 1. When did we find the internet? <laughs> Talk to me, somebody. It was 20th century, isn't it? So for 20 centuries, God wasn't pulling out to say, ah, these people have not yet found. Just like God is not pulling out to say, ah, this guy has not found his healing yet. This guy has not found. No, God is still resting. One day you will find it. One day you will find it. Oh, Hallelujah. Let me do two more verses here and then, and then we'll close. Well, we're going to go back to Isaiah 61, and then we'll close. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody getting blessed this morning. Can you lift your hands just for a moment and say, Father, I thank you. I rest in your word. I rest in your promise over my life. I refuse to fear in the name of Jesus. Take 10 seconds and just give him praise right where you are seated. Just thank him, thank him, thank him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Since therefore, verse 6, it remains that some must enter it. We, 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 we enter this thing. I, I hope you are understanding the two levels of rest that I'm talking about here. There is the rest where you are walking in the enjoyment or the manifestation of your jubilee. That's the ultimate one that we all want. But there is the rest before that one where you are assured by the word that you have received the grace you have received, the word that you are speaking. Hello, somebody. There's that assurance that you are carrying. And we must enter both of them. Somebody say, I enter both of them. Hallelujah. Therefore, it remains that some must enter it, and those whom it was first preached 
talking about the wilderness church, did not enter it because of disobedience or unbelief. Verse 7, again, it designates a certain day. Please, this is very important. In David, saying today. See, David's faith was so, David operated a New Testament kind of faith. He understood the things that were to come. He understood how the New Testament operates. God just gave him that special insight. That ah, it's not about waiting for 50 years. It's not about waiting for 30 years. No, it's today. Somebody say today. 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 After such a long time, as it has been said today, you can say now. If you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. That is the key. Today, now, I believe. And don't worry about the fact that, like that man, I believe it was Mark chapter 9, that when Jesus was coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration, that Jesus said, if you believe, all things are possible. Jesus said, I believe, but help my own belief. Faith is built through process. So even if your faith is shaking, you are struggling, understand that you are in the fight of faith. Continue, just stay in the word. Stay in the word. Keep speaking the word. Hallelujah. Keep praying. Glory be to God. Keep standing on the word. Keep reading the word. Keep confessing the word. God is not a man that he should lie. Praise God. Isaiah 61. I said something last week and I just want to tie it up here before we pray this morning. Go back to Isaiah 61. We, we read um, Luke chapter 4 and Jesus stopped the prophecy. He stopped the prophecy when he said, I've come to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me from verse 1. And he began to list, quite honestly, please listen to this. He was listing elements of our jubilee. The things that we can hold on to. I mean, these ones are so straightforward because they were spoken verbatim in scriptures. And in verse 2, it stopped at a portion of verse 2 to proclaim jubilee. But look at the rest of the prophecy. Look, and God told me to read this over somebody today that, look, these are things, please hear this very carefully. Because what I'm teaching you today is the MO of enjoying jubilee. These are things you believe before you see them. And you believe at rest. Somebody say, before I see them. Really, everything here you believe before you see them. If you can't believe before you see them, you may never enjoy them. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. In fact, that's what faith is. Faith is believing what you cannot see physically. On a deeper level, <laughs> we see spiritually. And the way we see spiritually if a first place is what is written in the word. Hallelujah. Look, look at what you have already. If you are in Jubilee, and I think from verse 2 is so powerful, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord 
and the day of vengeance of our God. I want to announce over someone, God is fighting your battles for you. Rest, rest. I said God is fighting your battles for you. You don't need to be scheming to hurt somebody in the office, to hurt a family member that's offended you. Understand that one of your precious promises is God taking vengeance on your behalf. To comfort all who mourn. Have you lost something? Have you lost someone? Hear what you have. God will comfort you. Oh, hallelujah. When God comforted Job, <laughs> glory be to God, he did not look as if he lost any children. Comfort those that mourn. Console those that mourn in Zion. So the thief can still steal, even if it's in Zion. But that's not where the story ends. Hallelujah. That's not where the story ends for you. Because in Christ, you have jubilee. And one of the things you have, if the Son has made you free, is that you will be consoled, you will be comforted. Wherever there has been loss. Even if it happens in Zion. To give beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Hallelujah. Now catch what we are saying. You believe these things. You rest in these promises before you see the manifestation. So listen to me very carefully, my brother, my sister. If you are that person that you don't know how to rejoice until you start feeling good, you have a big problem. And I'm saying that to help you. I touched on this last Sunday. Don't do Old Testament jubilee. Still waiting for something to happen. No. Understand that one of the things God can give you is that even if there's reason to mourn and reason to be sad, God can put on a garment of praise upon you. Now, understand what I'm saying? You believe it to experience it, to enjoy it. Do you know that's an enjoyable thing? To be able to rejoice in the presence of your enemies. Hallelujah. I don't know whether you've had that feeling before. Where God gives you victory. Snatches victory from the jaw of defeat for you. Believe God for it. So you may not feel like, but just that. <laughs> Praising God. Hallelujah. Dancing in the midst of your pain. Glory be to God. Because God will give you praise for heaviness. He will give you beauty for ashes. He will give you joy for mourning. Hallelujah. Look at it. It gets more interesting. That you may be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. That God may be glorified through your life. You are going to grow to be a great person. You are going to grow to be a great man, a great woman. You know, he said that the kingdom of heaven is like someone, one should cast a mustard seed in the ground. It's the smallest of all seeds. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. Your life may look insignificant. It may look ordinary. But understand that if it's God that planted you and you are that seed that God has planted, God is going to cause you to grow so big 
you will have great branches. All the breaths of the air will come and make their nest on your branches. Because God is going to get glory out of your life. Somebody shout, God is going to get glory out of my life. Oh, you're not shouting it like you understand what I'm telling you this morning. God will get glory out of my life. But can you believe it before you see it? Can you rest before you enter into that rest? Listen to me. God told me to tell you that one of the most powerful things, this is why we tell you to read scriptures, read the promises over and over again. One of the best ways, number one, to believe and to rest is to keep reading these things to yourself from time to time. And there are some things you will see. There are some things I see when I read these kind of verses again. I've been preaching this text for so many times that I didn't see the last time. It's an endless promise, a limitless promise. We flog this verse for a lot. We, we need this promise. And we need people that will see it, believe it, and rest with it. In this season for this church, they will rebuild the old ruins. Now, this is beyond rebuilding your church, but it's very applicable to us. Hallelujah. Like I've said now, to the glory of God, we finished all the wirings that we had to replace both inside. We finished the children's church to a great degree. The children are back in the children's church. We want to start working on the outside again. And we can believe that. Let me hear somebody shout, I believe. I believe. And I can rest. We will rebuild the old ruins. He said they will raise up former desolations. They will repair the ruined cities, the desolation of many generations. Hallelujah. That simply means God will use your life. Even in lives that have been destroyed, generations that have been destroyed, cities, nations that have been ruined by the enemy, God will raise up a new generation that will rebuild and replace what the enemy has done. Hallelujah. Look at what you have in your jubilee. Strangers will stand and feed your flocks. Sons of foreigners shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. Can you see that? You being an employer of labor. You employing people to work with. And not just local people. Foreign people. Hallelujah. One of the places the, the, the day I visited, when I visited Dubai some years ago and I saw so many foreigners working in, in, in UAE there. You go there, you see a lot of Indians. The natives in Dubai, they don't work, in my perception. You just see them walking around inspecting everybody. With those their elegant attires. If Indians should leave Dubai today, the nation will crumble. And it's because the nation is so wealthy, everybody wants to come to their land. Can we believe this for Nigeria? One day. Particularly in this Jakba generation. And you know this is what's happening to some of the wealthiest nations on the earth. That they are now telling people from poorer countries to come. Our own population is aging. Our people don't want to do dirty work anymore. You go to an average hospital in the U.S. or in the U.K., it's not British or American people that are the doctors. I mean, if you can sit down, why would I go to medical school for 10 years to be sweating my brain? Has your brain sweated before? It's different from your skin, sweating, you know? 
<laughs> they don't. Like somebody said humorously, people in developed countries, they have jobs like creative jobs. You know, I make movies. I sing songs. Although there's a lot of hard work in that as well. Though. But it's, it's, it's a fulfillment of the blessing. You know, I, I shared this with us the other time when we were preparing towards the, the, the um, election. You will see in these promises, not just personal wealth, and national wealth. I prophesy, and I hope somebody will believe with me, in our generation, there will be a reverse brain drain. Rather than our sons and our daughters going to other countries, people from other countries will be coming to our nation. But can we believe it before we see it? No, it's, it's part of our rest. It's part of our freedom. Where you are so wealthy, not that you are not working, but the work, one person cannot do it. One thousand people cannot do it. There are corporations on the face of the earth today that employ tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people. Why? They are walking in a strange dimension of wealth. Glory be to God. But you shall be named the priest of the Lord. Look at that. We will be focused on doing the work of the Lord. You shall be called the servants of our God. You shall eat the riches of Gentiles. Hallelujah. In their glory you shall boast. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I will eat the riches of the nations of the world. Somebody say, I will eat the riches of Gentiles. And in their glory I will boast. Believe before we see. Before we begin to enjoy. Verse 7 and 8. And I'm going to stop at verse 8. Because of time. Instead of your shame, you will have double honor. I, I'm reading this because Jesus read it. So you can understand that what he meant when he said, I proclaim. See, to you and I today, when Jesus came to the synagogue that day, please watch this, watch this. Very, very important. And I believe this is why God told me to do this briefly again this morning. When he proclaimed, when he said, I proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And he deliberately stopped at that part. He wanted to emphasize the jubilee. And then he said, this day, in fact, the scripture said he began to say. They didn't even allow him to finish the sermon. But he said enough for us to learn from. He began to say, it's available today. In other words, you don't have to wait for 50 years. You don't have to wait for 30 years. He began to tell them that, teach them that. When he said that, and you can now understand in context, the average Jewish person and the average person in that synagogue, remember from a very early age, they memorized all these texts. And they could connect to what was going on in their nation. At that time, they were under the captivity of the Roman government. They were being colonized by Roman soldiers. There probably was a Roman soldier sitting outside the synagogue, oppressing them. And Jesus was telling them, today, they, they could see this part where strangers will be your plowmen. At that time, they were the plowmen for strangers. So they could juxtapose their present reality to what Jesus was preaching. Perhaps there's somebody like that today. 
All around you, it looks like poverty. It looks like shame. It looks like failure. And I'm telling you, today is this scripture fulfilled in your hearing. It, it was a tussle for them. And the whole concept he was trying to get across to them was what Paul was, what we studied in Romans chapter, um, Hebrews chapter 4. That you need to believe it and rest with it before you can enter into the enjoyment of it. That's where it was going. But they were so agitated. Who is this talking to us like this? I know his mother now. She was screaming with me in the market yesterday. In fact, I had, I, she even ran out of money. I had to give her some change. To them, you will surely say to me, physician, heal yourself. Because they brought everything down to what they were going through. How can you be telling us that for our shame we will have double glory today? Caesar is the one I mean, um, yeah. Caesar is the one running the country. We are under bondage, we are under captivity. And the Bible said they, they didn't accept what he said. Even though what it was available to them. Oh, Hallelujah. I announce to you again, your jubilee is here. Amen. Your freedom is here. Amen. Your liberty is here. Amen. Learn to believe and then learn to rest. If you do that, hear what I'm saying. God promised you it's only a matter of time. You will enjoy jubilee. Rise up on your feet. Lift your hands. Just begin to bless the Lord where you are this morning. Thank you, Father. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 00640.